Welcome to season three of Bend the Podcast. Conversations to spark creativity, challenge beliefs, and disrupt what it means to be well. I'm Lillian. And I'm Deb. This season, we have some former guests sitting in the co-host chair. They're going to help expand our perspectives. Listen for some familiar voices. Our podcast is recorded on the unsurrendered and traditional territories of the Algonquin Anishinaabe people. We're really happy you're here today. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Ben the Podcast. We're here today with Tara McCaffrey. She's a registered clinical counselor employed at a provincial correctional center as the health services manager and mental health and addiction supervisor. In 2019, she took a course with James Fox called the Prison Yoga Project. This is a trauma-informed yoga, and she has since become a facilitator and ambassador for the Vancouver chapter of the Prison Yoga Project, which has chapters all over the world. Tara has since become a mindfulness educator and has received a research grant to conduct a study on the effects of mindfulness on reactivity during incarceration. She has been doing this work for about five years and it has become a passion of hers. Mm. Welcome, Tara. Thank you. Welcome. Wow. I'm so fascinated by every single word in your intro. There's, there's a lot there. Maybe we'll just start by saying, how are you doing today? You're, you're out on the West Coast and it's an early morning for you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, it is early and wet as usual. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, at least it's a Friday recording this so that there's some, some solace for some of us who don't work weekends in that. Yeah, exactly. um, how I think my first question is just tell us how you started doing this work. I know, you know, you outlined it in your, in your intro in terms of how you started you know, the, the trauma-informed yoga, but how did you get into this work in the prison system? Well, that was, you know, when I went through my schooling, one of the things that I really liked about doing a master's in counseling psychology was that it left a lot of possibilities. So I wasn't really pigeonholed into one line of work. And um, basically I had done a couple other counseling type roles and then it was kind of just by chance that I saw this job and it sounded really interesting to me, you know, I'm kind of working with marginalized populations who don't normally have access to those kind of services when they're in the community. And I was lucky enough to be the, uh, the chosen candidate and it sort of just went from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. And then was it about five years ago that you did the trauma-informed yoga? It was two, just over two years ago now. Yeah. So maybe just for semantics, there are lots of listeners who come from lots of different walks of life and may say, what is trauma-informed yoga? What is that? I know Lillian has a pretty good idea because she's a yoga instructor and I know trauma-informed practice in my work, but Lots of people have no idea what we mean when we talk about that. Can you expand on that a bit? Sure. Um, with yoga specifically, um, what we tend to say is that sometimes traditional yoga can actually be um, counterintuitive for people who've experienced a lot of trauma because it can be very directive and it can be um, encouraging people to clear their minds which 
sounds like a good thing on the surface, but for people with a lot of trauma, they tend to disassociate themselves. And so we want to really focus on not clearing their mind, but just staying present in it and reconnecting to their bodies and noticing um, sensations in their bodies because a lot of them have become very numb to that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Probably a good practice for any yoga class really because you don't know and sometimes we make a lot of assumptions about trauma and who has trauma and who doesn't and mm -hmm. when you're teaching a class and have no idea what people are bringing in it's certainly in my work as a counselor trauma-informed approaches are really important you know and I think yeah, yeah I love hearing that about about yoga and that makes a lot of sense yeah um tell us about maybe we just want to dig into the prison yoga project because initially we'd when we'd reached out to the program in the states we had no idea that we had you know this this project happening in in canada so we're we were really excited to connect with you tell us tell us about yeah prison yoga project and its roots yeah so it's it's been really interesting for me um it, the Prison Yoga Project itself was started by James Fox about 20 years ago in San Quentin, in San Diego there. And it's practiced in prisons all over the world now, <clears throat> Mexico, Europe. I believe we're the only one in Canada right now. Um, I have two sites that I'm practicing it at. Um, but the, it's this huge network of you know, facilitators and they have clothing and they have books and they um, offer a lot of support to us facilitators. There's a lot of research and data and it's just a really amazing group that I'm really proud to get to be a part of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was just going to say important in that work to not stand alone, right? To know that there is a community of people that you can collaborate with. Mm -hmm. And then I was just going to ask, so what does it, what does it actually look like kind of on the ground? Like, are you in the prisons running yoga classes with people weekly, mm -hmm. daily, and kind of what does that, what, what does the program actually look like? So the provincial center that I work at mostly is in Nanaimo and we're a medium security center. So it works a little, it's a little easier to facilitate it in that sense with the security level. So we have a main unit and we have a therapeutic community on site. And I do two classes a week with the main unit and with the therapeutic community. And yeah, the guys, I work with men, um, they're really awesome. You know, we do other sort of trauma-informed things like the layout of the room, like everybody's kind of in a semi-circle, nobody lines up behind each other. Um, we don't have to close our eyes during meditations. It's whatever your comfort level is with. Mm. Um, and yeah, they go anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, depending on some days we have more time than others, depending on what else is going on at the center and things like that. Mm. Well, that's very cool. Mm -hmm. um, I want to dig into that a little bit more, but can you tell us what, what the difference is between the, when you describe that therapeutic community? What's that in, in, in the setting where you work? Um, it's very much, Nanaimo Correctional Center is very progressive in that sense that it's very much um, restorative focused. Mm -hmm. And so we have a therapeutic community that functions almost like a treatment center, but it's on site. Mm -hmm. So still, even though they're still incarcerated, 
Um, they go through a lot of programming during the day and um, just working on themselves. And they have, you know, they follow the therapeutic community model of community as method. So there's a lot expected of the guys themselves that are down there to sort of govern themselves. And mm. it's really great, actually. It's really interesting. Mm. So it does sound really progressive. I think many of us have maybe maybe they're inaccurate but uh, ideas about prisons not being places where where there's a lot of healing and growing happening right so I, I I'm always I love the practices you're talking about that sounds sounds and yoga sounds like such a good fit you know in that model is it um is it voluntary for the for the participants I assume yeah. they're not told they have to do yoga no, it's voluntary. And so I wasn't sure when I first brought it in how it was going to go, but yeah. it's been over two years now and I've never not had classes going. It's been very well received by the guys and mm. I get a lot of good feedback from them. I bet. I was going to ask, like, can you share any kind of specific feedback that might, that stands out to you in your memory from the program? Yeah, I think a lot of guys talk about that it just helps them deal with being here like you know to just have that two hours a week where they feel like they're in a safe place or they don't feel like they're in prison mm -hmm. they feel like they're just at a yoga class and they can actually relax and that's something we talk about during the class is that when you're in this situation of being incarcerated you're always on guard you're always in your fight or flight mode mm. and then sometimes you know the relaxation part of your nervous system just stops coming on even in times where it could and they are so disconnected that they don't even realize that's happening mm. so that's specifically what we're trying to do with this class is kind of reunite them with that part of their nervous system and mm. Oh, that gives me goosebumps because I think that that's such a, an important thing for anybody to recognize, but in a high stress environment like prison where, you know, because you're in that fight or flight mode all the time, you might get, you know, you, you're bought, you're highly reactive and you get implicated in things that you don't even want to be implicated in, but your nervous system is responding. There's lots of conflict, you know, in, in terms of what's going on in the body. So that's, that's really powerful and connecting people having them we just talked to to somebody who does a lot of mindfulness work and she talked about a lot of her work is just dropping into the body for herself but also teaching people to just return to the body and that's that's a really powerful lesson isn't it that's what really got me into this because when I started working in the prison I was all talk therapy counselor and then it wasn't that long into it that I just kind of said to myself and like sometimes talk it's not enough mm -hmm. I was like the piece that I'm missing and I started seeking out you know some sort of body work like you were mentioning and I just by coincidence somebody had sent me a link to the, the prison yoga project they were offering a course in Vancouver which doesn't happen very often wow. and I got and it was with James Fox the founder oh. so I was so lucky I got to attend and it's just completely transformed not like my personal life and my practice yeah how how could it not right yeah. um tarot was yoga a part of your life prior to that 
not overly. <laughs> oh, wow. So tell us about that, because that's a, an evolution, too. I had been to yoga before, but I wasn't what you would call a yogi. So it was a little intimidating, I can say, going to the course. Mm -hmm. um, I have since pursued my yoga teacher training, but I'm not a super flexible person either. So I had to kind of break through all those uh, stereotypes we have in Western society about yoga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was it was really interesting and James was amazing. He was like, it doesn't matter if you're not a yogi, like you're a trauma person who works in it, like you're already halfway there. Mm. And it was actually, I think it's good for the guys here too, that I'm like, yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm not doing all the poses perfectly either. So it's encouraging to them. And and when I first started teaching it, I just said to them, I'm like, well, this is the first time I've ever done this. And I'm kind of scared. So oh, what an important thing to model, right? To kind of keep things real, because perhaps some of them were feeling something similar or apprehensive, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. The vulnerability that they probably felt some of them, that was probably their first exposure to yoga as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. And And when I. I, I mean, I'm, my knowledge is limited in terms of the prison yoga project, but don't they don't doesn't the program train a wide range of people, not only, you know, some of the folks working in in within the prison, but police officers and inmates are. Is, tell me about that, because I think that is that's restorative, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know they're working on like having yoga teacher training happening inside prisons and things like that too and um they teach it to yoga teachers who want to volunteer and come into prisons even if they're not already working in them mm -hmm. um, i sometimes have officers join us in our class um you know just side by side with the residents um, i think we're the only class i've heard in the prison yoga project that has like intermixed classes with officers and inmates hmm. so that that's really cool tell us more about that what what happened like what do you notice in those classes i'm sure the first time might have been a little daunting i don't know was it i think at first there was a little you know how's this going to go sort of thing and a little questioning of like is it the best idea because is this the time for the residents but the officers in my experience that have come have been amazing. Like they don't, you know, kind of act like officers. They just act like participants in the course. They let me run the course. They just sit amongst the guys and, you know, chat with them. And it's been a really positive experience. It sounds like a great way to build that rapport with mm -hmm. folks that are there, right? Yeah, that's what I like about it, too, is that I get to interact with more guys than just the ones who come for formal counseling and some, you know, I get to meet more people. I get to get to know them even better mm -hmm. than just in a formal counseling mm -hmm. setting. So, yeah, it's really and, interesting. And when you think about, uh, you know, an institution being a place where restorative work happens, it has to happen, in my opinion, across the whole organization. And that involves, mm -hmm. you know, staff or people in positions of authority who, I don't know, who, who participate in the ways you're describing. Mm 
Yeah, I think that's really important to model that. That's that's quite exceptional, and it, it gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, we're very lucky here. Corrections here in Nanaimo are are really good. Yeah, really aggressive and treating them like treating the residents like humans. Yeah, yeah. It's, so tell us more about. Certainly, it's only happening where you are in Nanaimo across Canada, but in terms of. I want to ask about in different security settings, and that would probably be in the States because we don't have other projects here, and why it's not happening more in Canada. So does it happen in, in high security settings or maximum security settings, I guess they call them? Well, I have um, started offering it in Victoria sometimes as well, which is um, still provincial, but it's a max security. Yeah. Um, it's also been fairly well received there. There's just a little more logistics that you deal with in terms of um, there has to be an officer present um, just to watch and which is fair enough, I understand. And the movement of the guys um, only happens at certain windows of time. And then if there's any sort of a code or a violent incident, then the whole place goes on lockdown and the class might get canceled. And so there's those kind of um, mm -hmm. complications sometimes that make it a little more difficult. But the times that I have gone there and have offered the classes, they've also been very well received and attended and mm -hmm. beneficial. And necessary, as you describe, you know, in a highly stressed environment. It, um, yeah. Why, why isn't this happening in more places across Canada like it is in the States? Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I know a lot of them do have some sort of yoga class or, you know, they'll let them follow along to a video or something sometimes, well, especially right now with COVID and everything. Um, a lot of the centers aren't having volunteers come in, which works out well for me that I already work there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the hope is to keep, you know, bringing it to as many different places as we can. Mm -hmm. Because your program is fairly like it's an embedded now at, at your center, right? And, and what you guys are doing. I think we've I've seen it like glimpses of it elsewhere um, in different systems in Canada, but I think having that embedded like regular programming that people can count mm -hmm. on and mm -hmm. you know having it be more part of like the therapeutic culture that exists there um, is really valuable. Yeah I would love to see that in different places and the prison yoga project specifically not just because it's trauma-informed but because it's such an amazing network of people and support for the yoga teachers that are going in and doing this in this environment, because it it can be intimidating going into a jail if if you never have. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it takes, which I want to touch on the other piece of what you're doing. It takes evidence sometimes to to form those um, connections and say, hey, there's research that says this is working, or let's let's start a research project. Tell us about the research you're doing. I think that's a start. Yeah, so it's, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, it's BC Mental Health and Substance Use Services had um, a research challenge this year where employees could put forth um, an idea they had for a research project. And so I put forth that I would like to do 
a mindfulness project because as I mentioned earlier, that's kind of what got me into this in the first place is when I first started working in the jail, you know, they'd sit a guy down in front of me and say, you know, he just got in a fight. Can you talk to him? And I'd say, okay, you know, what happened? What could you have done differently? And, and he could name 10 things that he could have done differently. Like he knew. So I was like, okay, well, there's something we're missing a piece here. So that's when I started getting more into, you know, the actual like neuroscience behind it of, you know, when you're in that fight or flight, not being able to access that thinking part of your brain and all that stuff. And that, that was kind of that missing piece. So I thought it'd be interesting to see if the guys, you know, go through an intensive mindfulness program where we do, you know, group skills once a week and they attend yoga. Um, it's also very, um, I'm working closely with our cultural liaisons here to provide um, cultural options of practicing mindfulness as well. Um, so there'd be things that they'll do one-on-one -on -one with myself or with the cultural liaisons, things that they'll do on their own time, yoga and the group skills. And then we're gonna monitor, you know, if that affects their, their reactivity, their issues of aggression or impulsivity, um, things like that. And if That's that has any really exciting. What kind of a time, how, what kind of a timeline are you working with in terms of the research? Well, I'm looking for people who are going to be here for at least six months so that we can really get a good gauge on, you know, if they're, if there are any changes in behavioral issues or anything like that. And the project itself is going to go for about a year. So. Well, that's exciting. That is exciting. That's a whole other level mm -hmm. of, of it. Anecdotally, what would you say, you know, what do the officers or what do some of the folks in management, what, what do they say? Do they notice stuff with the folks who, who are engaging in the work that you do and the services you offer? I think so. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, a little bit of back and forth with corrections as they their focus is purely on security as it should be and safety um i kind of this project is based on it's kind of interesting this one individual that we had because with nanaimo too because we're not a max security place there's a really low tolerance for violence here mm. you guys will get shipped to a different center if they're violent generally so we had this one fellow and it was during the height of COVID, so we couldn't transfer. And he was very reactive. And he kept, um, he had fought and, you know, beat up people a couple of times. And corrections was, normally they would have shipped him somewhere, but we couldn't because of COVID. And so I had said, you know, let me work with him. He does do the work they can't see that part of course right? they just see what he's doing and i said like i've never had a client who works so hard he's working let me try hmm. and you know over the course of it was kind of funny actually he went from beating people up to just starting fights and just letting them beat him up hmm. and think well i didn't throw any punches <laughs> and then it took about nine months but he got to a point where he was able to walk away in situations and he wasn't looking for trouble and he actually was accepted to the therapeutic community wow. here and was able to finish his time there 
Mm. And that experience really is what kind of triggered all this for me and saying like, hey, let's do some research around this because he was a pretty reactive, aggressive person mm. and it made a huge difference for him. Was it a, a mix of like mindfulness and yoga and counseling that you were doing with him? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. A lot of one-on-one -on -one work and he did a lot of work on his own too. Like he, he worked very hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's again, I'm getting goosebumps. That's such a good example of systems, whether it's, you know, corrections, the school system, et cetera, mm -hmm. seeing people's behavior through a certain lens, right. And just thinking, we can't accommodate, this is what we do. You go somewhere else and that's your consequence rather than what's going on here. And, and I love that you were such an advocate to say, no, this, this person works really hard. Let's build on that strength. And that must've been really encouraging for him as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so. He had a lot of abandonment issues from his childhood and that was sort of the pattern. He would misbehave and he would get sent away. So I was like, let's not be that for him let's show him something different and see what happens mm -hmm. that's so powerful right I, I agree I agree and I think it also speaks to um how what you do is valued there and the credibility you hold right sometimes counselors in in settings where you are you know they maybe get a bad rap or people as you say don't see what you're doing behind the scenes mm -hmm. and so I think that that just speaks volumes to the organization you work for, but also to the work that you do and how people value that. That's that must feel good too. Yes, it does. Thank you. It is it is a little challenging sometimes working with different organizations and different agendas. And you know, we have our ups and downs for sure. But I think in Nanaimo, we are very lucky too that mm -hmm. they are very progressive, like I said, in that sense. Well, like when I found out, you know, there was a prison yoga project happening in Canada, it did not surprise me that it was happening on the West Coast. There's more of a yoga culture, it seems, or the stereotype is that there is a yoga culture out, out West. I don't know if that's just reinforcing right. that, but I don't know. I think there are other provinces that are perhaps more conservative where people would think, what? They're, they're, they're in there to, you know, pay their dues. And they don't, they really don't see prisons as places to, to um, help people heal and, you know, um restore relationships etc mm -hmm. yeah we had a conversation with a guest a while ago now I guess it was the the first season and um he was speaking about he was trying to get um and correct me if I'm not remembering this right Deb but um like an agriculture program into the prison so that the um, the folks that were there would have something productive to do and we like grow their own vegetables and um, just kind of have that that sense of purpose. Um, and and he was saying, you know, like we have these people going into these centers and sometimes they're coming out of them just as vulnerable and and hurt and or more vulnerable they, and more hurt. Yeah, than they were when they came in, right? And we're the shift should be trying to have these people come into these centers and have them leave healed or at least on their way to healing right and I think it's programs like these that are hopefully going to continue to show and the examples like you're talking about the value of that right mm -hmm. for sure I think part of the issue too is that people don't see the people that are in here as people who need healing they just see them as people 
<clears throat> and they're very marginalized here and when they're in the community. And it's amazing what happens when you just treat people like human beings who matter. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I, yeah, yeah, that's what I was in your example. Like if they, if it hadn't been during the pandemic and that person that you were speaking of was just shipped somewhere else, you know, it, it is just treating them as someone they can just move around. They have to place where they can be managed or handled or whatever. And it, it takes away their humanity, right? Yeah. As in, in this situation, you were given the opportunity to treat this person like a, like a real, like a human being, like an individual, like someone who had the potential to, to get better and to heal and to do better. And, you know, you Mm -hmm. proved that it oh absolutely it yeah and reinforcing the idea that prisons can be trauma-informed places I think that's mm -hmm. a that, that phrase is, is catching on although in the counseling world I think it's it's <laughs> been around a long time but I hear that in um lots of institutions or lots of schools education particularly they're looking at more trauma-informed practices or workplaces mm -hmm. which I think is really exciting and I I don't typically think and this is my own bias of a prison as a trauma-informed place right and I think that that they're all every institution is different and as you say depending on the level of security etc and potential or people like you speaking up and saying hey let's let's give this a shot I'm going to apply for a grant or I've been doing this let's research this let's dig in deeper yeah I had one client who was really when he was in Nanaimo he really connected with um, the cultural liaisons and with the mindfulness stuff we used to practice like mindfulness eating in my office and he would come to yoga and he had given us that feedback we did a blanket ceremony for him with the cultural liaisons when he was getting out and mm -hmm. he just said you know I did not expect this you know mm -hmm. I expected to come to prison and get re-traumatized mm -hmm. I didn't expect to heal and now he's working for BC Mental Health and he's my patient, one of my patient partners on the research project. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That is very cool. I was that I was thinking as we were talking, you know, when people leave, when they're released from prison, do you get the sense? What what do some of them continue with yoga? Do you ever know that? But this guy is a good example of he's mm -hmm. doing some lots of stuff. Do you ever know what happens in terms some of people's practice? Some of them keep in touch with me. Um it's an incentive program I have here too. So I give them the prison yoga project books and they get t-shirts and some of them have like sent me pictures of themselves in the community with their yoga t-shirt on. And cool. like that. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. What, um, what else do they tell you? They must really look forward to those. Like you said, that's where they can be human and, and, you know, find, find a place to be in their body that's not reactive what what else do they tell you about about the work that you you guys do in those rooms you know in in community with with maybe somebody beside them that they don't really love you know maybe somebody who really pissed them off that week yeah that happens yeah <laughs> um we had one class in the summer that we were outside and <clears throat> some guys were a little rambunctious that day and you know, chatty, and then another guy got upset about it, and it escalated a little bit, and and then I just said, you know, okay, please, guys, let's just stop talking, and then they did. They all stopped and got refocused and came back to the class, and then after class, because we do check-ins and check-outs at the beginning and end of class, and I said, I'd like to check out first today because I just want to thank you guys for, you know, 
coming back to this. The energy was a little crazy this morning, but you guys really pulled it together and focused on the class. And I really appreciate that. And then they all went around and apologized and fist bumped each other. And Aww. I love that. You're making me cry. I think that's just beautiful. Wow. And and cool that you could be so vulnerable to say, you know what? I was a little worried, but you know, at the beginning of this, but look what, you know, that's, that's significant as well for them to know that you're also human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I really kind of go with the energy. Like sometimes we end up almost having a bit of a group therapy session. If mm -hmm. Somebody comes in and during the check-in, he's like, well, you know, I'm really pissed off because this and this is happening. And then we'll just talk for the first 20 minutes and then we'll say, well, okay, let's just do a quick, quick yoga session as well. And we kind of just go with the flow and. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So important. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us how yoga has changed your life earlier? You said that this project has really changed not only your professional and personal life. Tell us how yoga in general or specifically to this project, how it's, it's changed you. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, it's funny, I was just telling some of the residents yesterday in my mindfulness class because we were talking about what drew them to try some mindfulness and I said for me I did not go willingly personally hmm. I was in a, my own counseling session and I'm the kind of person who likes to overanalyze and just logically categorize things and put them away hmm. and my counselor one day just said you know what Tara there's nothing more I can do for you and ah. I I know. I was like, what? what do you mean? <laughs> That's not like you've graduated. You've done all the work. You're great. It's a different conversation. <laughs> exactly. And she was like, you need to do some body work. You need to get out of your head. And I was like, I don't even know what you mean. Like, oh, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and then I didn't do it. <laughs> and then when I started working in the prison, like I said, doing the talk therapy, talking to them about what they could do differently and talking to them about their pain and the horrible things they've been through and how they logically understand in their head that it's not their fault, but they don't feel that and they're still reacting. And then it's like a light just went off. I was like, oh, I get it now. Hmm. I get what that counselor was trying to tell me. Hmm. And the talking is awesome, but it, it's not enough. Hmm. And so that's why I started seeking out more like somatic type stuff and mindfulness came with the prison yoga project. And it just, the yoga itself has been awesome in a lot of different ways for me. Like um, physically, I feel more, you know, stable and healthy. It also was such a huge vulnerability thing for me. Mm. Um, first of all, taking the class with Every other person in that class was a hardcore yogi. So wow. vulnerable for me. That would be super intimidating for anybody. Yeah. And even teaching it in a men's prison. And, you know, like I'm like any other female, I have my body insecurities and whatnot. And so to, you know, 20 years ago, I would not have done this. Mm. And the guys are awesome. They're super respectful. Um, you know, it's never been an issue in that sense. And I feel like mindfulness is my way of life now. Mm. And it's just because I think, you know, five years ago, I thought, man, I'm really self-aware. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, now I'm even up here. Like, I'm more self-aware than I thought I could be. 
like of course it's, it's something I hope to just continue striving for of course and and I could just the way you describe that that's that's vulnerable and just sharing that so thank you but and I think person the personal and the professional are so connected and how mm -hmm. could that shift not shift into the counseling you do as well like that's it's such an important piece right for people especially given the work in the setting that you're in yeah it's really it's funny because i one time i was talking to a guy and he was saying you know i've always wanted to work on my trauma and i was like okay i've got some good ideas and i was like have you ever done a wall sit and do you like oranges hmm. and he looked at me and he's like you're not like other counselors <laughs> wow do some mindfulness stuff wow what's a, cool. what's a wall set yeah, like tell a, us more i'm curious you mean like a the exercise wall set yeah. like sit in the imaginary chair that kills your legs yeah exactly that's one of the things when guys come to prison they get um a lot of them get really focused on working out and stuff so i use that a lot as a comparison like you know how does it feel when you physically work out you know it hurts. Sometimes it feels like torture. It's uncomfortable. But why do you do it? Because you understand why you're doing it to be healthier, to get your body stronger. Like it's the same thing when we're working on your mental health. You know, it's painful. It's uncomfortable. But we're doing it for the same reason that you're going to, you know, make yourself mentally healthy and stronger and resilient. And so they, that comparison really hits home with them. And I try to teach them different ways to practice mindfulness because not everybody's into yoga and meditation. And so we'll do a wall sit and we'll say, okay, so focus on how your thighs are feeling right now. Okay, now focus on how your arms are feeling. Okay, now just focus on your breathing. And, and then I'll say to them, you know, what are you feeling? And they'll say, uh, this hurts, it sucks. And like, okay, so let's reframe it into something positive. And then sometimes I have to help them with it. I'll say, you know, so take the judgment out of it because that's a big piece of mindfulness. So rather than saying this hurts, it sucks, let's say I can feel a lot of pressure in my legs right now. They must be getting stronger. Hmm. So things like that. And same with the orange, I teach them like mindfulness eating. So to, you know, really feel the orange peel and to focus on, you know, not is it good or bad, it's either juicy or dry or things like that. Things that they can take away and do on their own time in their everyday life too. Mm -hmm. oh, so important. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. There's, I love the wall set. Example. Yeah, I love the wall set. I love how that kind of, you can generalize that to so many other things, right? And re, because often that idea about reframing the way somebody's experienced something is really difficult. And if you can get into your body and do that, that's, thank you. What a gift you've just given me. That's a really good way to kind of get people to try that mm -hmm. and even get myself to try that sometimes, right? Because I, I, that's hard. I do it with them. I, I oh, mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Feels good to be stronger, right? And sometimes it comes, yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's yeah. A, a beautiful example. Yeah. And it's a good way to, to get them to engage in the practice of mindfulness without really thinking it's mindfulness, right? I find sometimes when I bring up mindfulness or yoga to yeah, the young people that I work with, they're, some of them, their initial reaction is like, no, that, that's not me. That's not for me. Right. But yeah. 
you know, reframing it and, and having them practice it through something like a wall set. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And the, the everyday practices, mm -hmm. like the eating, I find that's yeah. a good, that's a really good way in because things you're already doing, just slowing it down and, and experiencing things differently with your senses. That's oh, orange is so great. Hey, cause it's so textured and there's yeah, exactly. so much to an orange that's different than an apple. Mm -hmm. You know, I find it, yeah, an orange is really great. I want an orange now and <laughs> craving an orange, as you say, juicy. Tara, we didn't give you this question ahead of time as we usually do our guests, but we, we typically ask people what wellness means to you. What, what would you say? Sometimes it's better to not know the question ahead of time. What, what does wellness mean to you? I think for myself, I look at wellness from a very holistic perspective. Um, from like a biopsychosocial model of, um, I saw a really good quote online is that, you know, people always say you are what you eat and like what you're putting in your body is important and it is, but it's more than to me what I'm putting in my body. It's what I'm, you know, what gossip I'm listening to, what TV shows or movies I'm watching, what, what news feeds I'm buying into. Um, and just, you know, my, my physical wellness, so exercise, nutrition, getting enough sleep, but also, you know, am I living my authentic life, you know, doing things that I feel passionate about, doing things that are just for me, taking care of myself, having my boundaries, um, and doing things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. If I'm going to go out on a limb here, and you may or may not be able to answer this question, if, if, one of your participants was sitting in the room and we asked him the question about what wellness means to him. What would he say, do you think? Hmm. You may not be able to answer the question. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I think that I do get from a lot of the guys that it's interesting that you asked that because that is a comment that I get sometimes that the work that we've done with them with the yoga and all that kind of changes their view of wellness and kind of shows them that not that they were focusing on the wrong things but that they maybe were only focusing on half of it and that it's kind of opened up a whole other part that they just weren't even aware of or weren't mm -hmm. focused on mm -hmm. perhaps a whole world that excluded them didn't see them as human and you know they perhaps didn't ever have the opportunity to take a yoga class it's yeah often quite a privileged thing right i, I mean now yeah. the internet's great and there are, but there's nothing like a real yoga class and that that's a fairly privileged space in in most communities mm -hmm. yeah very cool that you're offering that and wow i i think we'll have to talk to you again once you've got this project under your belt and to talk about what you've discovered, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there won't be huge surprises. I, I don't you think that you can anticipate some of the outcomes? I think so. Yeah, you're just trying to prove them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Well, hopefully, yeah. as as oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I have seen it, like you said, I've already of course, seen it. Of course. Yeah. And as that happens, you know, so many things require a grant to get started in an institution, but they require some research and evidence often. And so perhaps this is the start of something much greater. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. Yeah. Uh, Tara, I'm, I'm so inspired by the work that you do. And I think this will be a really interesting conversation for people to hear. 
And thank you for, for doing this work. It's so important because this affects all of us, mm -hmm. you know, how people are incarcerated, how people, you know, um, change for better or worse while they're incarcerated impacts every one of us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. You're very yeah, welcome. Thank you. Keep up the great work. And um, yeah, we'll have to touch base again once, once the project's over and you've got some, some stuff to share. I'd love to hear more. Yeah, I would love to as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Bend the Podcast is a production of Bend Wellness. For more information, check out our website, bendwellness.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.